Hello, this is producer and technical director Jack Rossiter Munley. Welcome to an all new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. Today, we have another reading from the Unamuno Author Festival, which took place earlier this year in Madrid, Spain. This reading was recorded on the last day of the festival at El Aleatorio, which is a coffee shop and bar in Madrid. Now, on last week's episode, we featured Vermont's new poet laureate, Mary Rufel. Today, we have a reading from another Vermont poet, Nico Amador. His poems have appeared in Bettering American Poetry, Volume 3, the Academy of American Poets' Poem A Day series, and in many other places. His 2017 chapbook, Flower Wars, from Newfound Press, won the Anzaldúa Poetry Prize. Please enjoy the poetry of Nico Amador. Thank you, everyone. I'll try to not be too quiet at this hour of the day. Um, I believe in us. I feel like we can do this. Yes. I feel like my life has been a series of surprises, and I often feel like I'm getting away with something that I shouldn't be getting away with, and I feel like the experience of being here uh, has been that for me. Self-portrait with cropped hair after Frida Kahlo. There's the dream of exposure, and then there is the act of it. The ribbon that waits wrapped around a bomb, bound in one moment, scattered to pieces in the next. The first time I raised a pair of scissors to my head, I prayed to the patron saint of sabotage, sharp objects, manic thoughts that come rushing toward you in the night like fraudulent owls. A mirror is not a guide, but a blind face turning its eyes to the girl darkening inside it. Tell the arsonist that the burning field doesn't first begin with desire. Tell the locust not to love the hum of its devastation. I cleared the trails of my scalp for the skin that was itching for moonlight and the girl below. I went knifing through. Only then could I relax in my yellow chair and see the pretty beast I am in the wool of a borrowed suit. Tell me you did not like my monkey wrenching, that my hair, now metaphor, is meaningless. So I've been sharing with folks here that uh, my background is really as a community organizer, which has looked like a lot of different things over time. So uh, when I got started, a lot of that work was um, trying to organize against uh, militarism in the post 9-11 environment, uh, working on a statewide student uh, education, not incarceration campaign. Um, I've done electoral work. I've done a lot of uh, work supporting other groups. and. Um, so a lot of my work, I think, kind of gets at these encounters that uh, relate to my political life and then also the personal encounters that are happening alongside of them. So you'll hear that in some of the work. Um, and I also just wanted to share, I think, you know, one 
important distinction for me is the difference between an activist and an organizer. And I see an organizer as someone who isn't just here to sort of critique or react, but to propose solutions and to put forward a vision and also to talk to our own people to say something else is possible here, um, which can be really hard and really risky work. Um, and I think that poetry for me has been the thing that has allowed me to build that creative muscle to keep coming back to that work of visioning. So I, I, I mean, I really literally find that it's true that if I'm working on poems and then organizing during the rest of the day, like I'm, I'm much more agile in terms of coming up with like, here's the next thing we should try or, you know, let's do this. And so um, the, the work of writing and the work of organizing sometimes feel at odds with each other in terms of, of time, but it have also felt um, like they've really nurtured each other in different ways. Country. Mine is made of glass, and glass, I've learned, can be placed in the mouth, can move through the body if chewed carefully. Smallest repetitions of breaking a thing down to dust, my country, until now, I have loved you enough to swallow. País. El mío está hecho de vidrio y me enteré de que el vidrio se puede colocar en la boca. Se puede mover por el cuerpo si se mastica con cuidado. Repeticiones pequeñas para romper algo hasta volverlo polvo. País mío, hasta ahora te he querido lo suficiente para tragarte. LG by the side of the road. We waited under the curved spine of the highway, folding blades of grass in the shadows, wondering what we'd call each other tomorrow, which names we'd need. Then the foxes came, emerging from the gutters to hunt in the green dusk. After a while, we couldn't see them. We listened but heard only the low echo of cars. Somewhere, small things were being killed quietly. Uh, this next poem follows up on the one that I just read and uh, it's about arriving to Denver for the uh, Columbus Day protests, which were uh, really big, at least for a period of time, and uh, the, a lot of the Native folks um, and other activists in Denver who were uh, involved in, in protesting and wanting to rename Columbus Day uh, had experienced quite a bit of FBI infiltration, and you know there had been this whole sort of legal case around that. Um, and a, a good friend of mine and, and someone uh, who's just you know, a really key person in my life at, a, at, at this particular time uh, was pretty involved in that. So this is about arriving to be with her during these protests. Columbus Day. A single small cloud hangs low over the prairie. The foxes are out again, silver in the grass. On our way into town, you pull over and point to the last place you saw your father, a bus stop. 
A Guatemalteca, he named you after his favorite American news anchor, his favorite place in Denver, an old movie theater called the Mayan. In this country, every god is a false blonde, every night an almost night in which nothing comes to rest. I tell you, when she was eight, my great-grandmother was taken from her village and put into a boarding school. In the dark, she'd run down to the river, undress her dolls in the light of the moon, and rub clay all over their bodies. That's the story I've made up. Call me a priest, a medium, a tabloid, anything certain is suspect, anything I say might be true. I'm like the Arapaho who told you, for now our strategy is to let them think that they are winning. Sometimes I get a ghost in my ear. Out here, the crows shoulder their wings like rifles, the leaves tap out an old code. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, great. Well, I've got a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> um, my grandfather has been a, a really important figure in my life um, as someone who's trans, and I think at a you know at a certain moment at time really needed a model of masculinity that I felt like I could move toward, and, and he was someone who was um, just very gentle and, and I think very generous in, in how he moved in the world, and, um, and my name, Amador, comes from him, and he was Mexican, he, he moved to the U.S. Uh, as a very young man to work in the fields, and there was a sort of mystery surrounding our last name because he didn't share it with any of his siblings, and they were clearly related, they all looked the same. Um, and, uh, you know, we tried to ask him about it at different points in time, and he was just always kind of deflect, and, and right before he died, my mom tried to ask him again, and it, it seemed like he wanted to, to share, but he just got really emotional about it, and my mom finally said, you know, don't worry about it, you don't have to say anything. Um, and now that, now that he's passed, um, we've found some more documents and birth certificates and things like that, and it, it's become clearer, and, and it was my hunch from the beginning, is that he came over undocumented, and he probably bought somebody's birth certificate, and that's how we acquired the name Amador, and then you know eventually he did get citizenship, but um, I think he was probably either holding on to f some fear or guilt still at the end of his life about sharing that, but I, there's something that feels really special to me about that name, and like, uh, what better name to inherit as a poet, um, you know, for a name that means uh, lover or sort of doer of love, as one of our translators in the group was, was talking to me about. So he appears, he makes a brief cameo in this poem. Mexicans lost in Mexico. It was summer and time circled itself like a swarm of gnats, like the pink top taxis circling the Glorieta if only for the sake of inertia, we were standing in a foreign desert. The days of the week slid by uncapitalized, my grandfather forever trapped in a picture where he pretends to play the guitar. A serenade for tourists and lovers with new rules between them, our occupation to look and not touch. 
At some point, we could no longer tell if it was the clouds we were looking at or the building reflecting the clouds. All epigraphs came pre-assigned. The beautiful thing about this story is that it happened. We didn't see the floating gardens, and I don't remember the art, only the symmetry of a blue wall, a momentary breeze. There were parrots, I think, or peacocks. There were birds. After surgery, Look at me, I look so good in this shirt you gave me. Not like every other village bear, holding his iced coffee, searching for the next love. In this heat, I could eat the whole grapefruit of the afternoon, knowing that today you're in Sicily, or possibly on a ferry, and tomorrow I'll be in Cleveland, and maybe one day I'll join you in Sydney, or maybe I won't. It's three o'clock, and maybe we'll never find ourselves again in Dayafe or Park Slope with its friendly cabbies and its canopy of birds. Time is like that. Time rearranges us like guests in a crowded apartment, sometimes standing next to each other, sometimes next to the ugly curtains. I'm not how you left me. I've become a person who pets the orange cat and repeats the usual news and cries a little at unremarkable movies and the sudden greenness of the summering maples. I never cried before, but inside this shirt, now I do. I do get a little thin just from listening to the trees crash into themselves, from wearing you around all the time. So I think I just have one more that I really wanted to read, I think, especially at this uh, festival, because I think it uh, hits on a lot of the themes that we've been hearing over the last few days. Eating Watermelon with Pablo Neruda. Ask me where I was last night, and I'll tell you, I was out eating watermelon with Pablo Neruda. Pablo wasn't well, but with each bite, he became a little stronger, and each word that occurred to him, blossom, wail, icicle, mocked the pain of his age and the bald temperament of the moon. Nearby, a hound wrestled meat from a napkin, and stone horses mimicked the black shout of a war that was almost, but not quite finished. As we stood there, we spit over 20 seeds in their direction. We spit against empire and presidents and against Donald Duck. We spit against contras and bananas and the days lost to exile. We spit heroically. We spit for vandals and we spit for windows. We spit for our fathers and for the gentle way the fruit vendor listened with his teeth. We spit for the torn edges of stars and the gradual descent of mountains and the weight of mourning and the color red. We spit for love. We made a bet about who could hit a passing bus or the back of an old woman with, as fa with a face as stony as Machu Picchu. A lone waiter was on a lonely hunt for cigarettes and we asked him if he thought he could go the distance. Flight delivered from the mouth of an idle man is one true measure of happiness. Later, we left, marching arm in arm, all three of us. We left the watermelon, and we left the constellation of names at our ankles. And as we walked, 
we avoided the peering eyes of animals, and we avoided the lamplight that can sometimes hold one too long in its cheerless glare. Thank you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. <laughs>